from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. The sky is falling? Fallen? Who knows? Uh, a day removed from the Chiefs' epic meltdown. Collapse. Yeah, meltdown, complete and utter. Uh, the second of Andy Reid's tenure in Kansas City. Uh, a long, long game to try and watch and get caught up on it, as I have been doing this afternoon. Uh, I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, as well as an analyst over at Chiefs Digest. Uh, I am Chris Clark. I am the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com and a staff writer for Arrowhead Addict. So between the two of us, uh, we've been down this road before, huh? Oh, sadly, multiple times. Yeah, it's, uh, man, I, I don't even know where to begin, to tell you the truth. Um, I was not able to see the, the game live due to a prior commitment. So uh, I knew the outcome before I watched the game. And I had a few things that I was looking for in particular. Um, one, uh, some coverage leaks on the defensive side. Two, Justin Houston's coverage snaps, which still baffles me. Uh, and three, on the offensive side, what happened to the offensive line? Uh, because I'm still not happy with the play call. And you know what? I've heard a lot of people today, including Therese Paler, say, don't worry about the play call because they weren't going to be able to be successful running the ball on Tennessee anyway. Well, I think that's bull. I don't have any problem with Therese having his opinion. Mine's completely the opposite. Cumulative effect of rubbing the ball into the fourth quarter wins you games, period. I don't care that he wasn't getting five yards uh, a go. Does that matter to you? Not particularly. I I think that if you run the ball more consistently, I think it'll open up eventually. Cream Hunt's shown even when he's not doing very well, he can bust one. Uh, and the Chiefs have shown that, you know, cumulative effect, like you said, has been something that was – uh, really helping them. But it was really the situations they went a, a, away from running the ball in that really bothered me more than anything else. Oh, I know exactly where you're going. Third and one, and you decide to slam all the linemen trying to reach everybody, opening creases for defensive linemen to penetrate your offensive line, when all you need to do is move the ball a yard. And running an option play, I think there was ridiculous. The only thing that I think might have worked if they had run that same play and Alex kept it on a naked boot the opposite direction because they all bought into it. Uh, if you'd done that, I would not have so many complaints. But not running the ball with Kareem Hunt there, I think, is an indictment of your offensive line and your lack of trust in them. Well, definitely. And I do think that, you know, I don't know. I would have been okay even if they would have gone with a short passing route. But the play call that they called was hideous in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think you're being generous still. <laughs> and that might be. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You come out, um, and I think, was it his first carry of the third quarter? Uh, got a nine-yard gain. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah, right? Like, like haven't um, we seen this before this season? Right, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, okay. And I know there was a shot. I, I've had a lot of people tweet this at me, that there was a shot of uh, on the opening drive. Uh, when Kareem had two carries back-to-back for that touchdown. Uh, and they showed a shot of over Andy Reid's shoulder with him making the play call. And if you still think that Matt Nagy was responsible for not running the ball late in the game, I think that's crazy. I think anyone who 
understands the tendencies and knowing that it's it's good to to bring your staff along. But at the end of the day, Andy Reid is the guy with the playoff record, and I'm sure he was he was up for it. I, I think he took control back and, and made most of these play calls, and I think that reared its head late uh, in, in the third quarter. But my, my point being, they come out, you get a nine-yard gain on his first carry of the third quarter. What'd you give it to him? One more time? The next drive, he was tackled for loss. Um, I, I'm not going to put that on him, but that's literally the two carries he had in the third quarter. Well, to, to be fair, how many plays did they run in the third quarter? I mean, that was a problem, too, is they just had nothing in the third quarter. Wow. That's a fair point. I'm trying to count up plays. They had, they had eight plays. Two of them were punts, uh, punt and a missed field goal. So six plays, gave it to them twice. Uh, one was real successful, one wasn't. But, uh, again, you still can't go away from it that much. No, you can't. And I have to ask the question, uh, you know, I talked to Cody about this uh, on yesterday's show, uh, but what was your thought about the officiating? Granted, I never want to say officiating causes you to lose a game, but uh, I think this one's going to be remembered for officiating for quite a while. Well, and you know me, I'm not one to dwell on the officiating or blame them. Uh, it's not anything that can be changed uh, from either an analyst perspective or a fan perspective. Uh, it is what it is. And you try to work around the framework of what those calls are. Uh, and spe- specifically within a game, um, the staff and the players have to work around whether they know somebody's calling game tight or or they're letting you have a little more space, that kind of thing. I mean, that's that's always my stance. But hearing... Jeff Triplett and his forward progress crutch, which is ridiculous in both cases of these big plays that turn this game. The officiating was terrible. It, it wasn't. It wasn't just that it was bad. It changed the outcome of this football game, and that's something the NFL cannot allow to stand. Well, I I don't know that I would go as far as to saying it changed the outcome because I honestly don't know that Kansas City wins this game even if those two plays go their way just because of how bad that they were playing on defense and stopping the run uh, late in the game. And the offense could never get anything going. But you can I agree with you completely. You cannot allow officiating to change a game as much as it changed it. I have never seen a situation where a quarterback is getting sacked and you call him down and don't let the play go all the way through. He was, yeah, he wasn't even on the ground. The ball came out before he hit the ground. There is no forward progress rule. He's behind the line of scrimmage. He's still in a stance trying to be a passer. He has not tucked the ball and took off and made himself a runner. So the the explanation was the worst. I, the explanation was worse than the call. Well, in the second play, you know, I've had people tell me that they were okay with the second play, uh, the second. Uh, forward progress call. I wasn't okay with that one either because in that instance, how many times have we seen a QB spin out of something like that or at least throw the ball away and they call it an incomplete pass? And that's fair. The only thing that I will say is, is that time, but again, it has nothing to do with forward progress. He was The whistle was blown. He was down. It's, it's kind of like a throwback to the old uh, in-the-grasp rule. You know, they're trying, if a guy's wrapped up, they're trying to, to get that play stopped before he goes to the ground just to, to try and protect the quarterback a little bit more. But that's fine. It has nothing to do with forward progress. Simply say the play was blown dead. End of story. Yeah, well, if the play was blown dead, it was blown dead too soon because uh, 
yeah, that ball should have been out. Uh, obviously, the fumble late by Derrick Henry, his butt was on the ground. Um, it, they never showed the score on the scoreboard uh, in Kansas City, so it looked like the officials kind of knew that, but they went to the score, they went to replay anyway. Uh, a lot of big things that people are going to be questioning when it comes to officiating in this game. And really, it's more what's what's more troubling to me isn't just that there was a lot of questionable calls from the officials. It's that the league has been terrorized by this the entire season. And, and this wasn't even an issue of replay, yeah. which is one of the biggest things that they've had issues with this season is calling plays. I could have sworn that play with um, Robinson on the sideline, they were going <laughs> right. to call that not a catch. I, I was thinking the same thing too. Uh, I was sure of it. I told the people I was watching the game with, there's no way this is going to stand as a catch. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, he bobbled the ball going out of bounds. They're going to review this, and that's not going to be a catch. I'm and I would even disagree that he bobbled the ball. I mean, yeah, he adjusted his hands, but it wasn't for a lack of control, in my opinion. So, But I, I thought the same, that they were going to make that call. So, Long and short, there are plenty of reasons why this team lost. These These calls should not have come down to being difference makers. Uh, just Well, except for the fact that two of them were fumble calls that turnovers changed the game. And to me, that's the only thing that I will say. Yes, it maybe not, maybe shouldn't have had to come down to those plays. But at the same time, when you have something as bad on a turnover type play, that could change the game in, in this instance it did. And you have a fair point there. I'm more concerned about the fact that particularly on defense, particularly up front, they went in a halftime and thought they had this game won. They yeah. damn near shut down. I, I mean, you look at the Derrick Henry, one of his, the longer of his touchdowns, uh, and Sutton on a first down, an obvious, as they've been trying to emphasize the run in the second half, an obvious running down, he empties out. A gap to C gap on one side with just Tomba playing in a, in what looked like a seven tech way outside the tackle and stacks the opposite side. And that's great in a passing down. Well, and, and I'm curious. Do you it, think... Go ahead. Sorry. It basically left it wide open. The guard had no one to block. No, no. And you're absolutely right on that. And I have to wonder if that is the defensive play call that came in or if that was Chiefs being in the wrong places. I I don't know. Uh, maybe it was on Sutton, but that's another that's another instance of if it is on Sutton, how do you call something like that? You're right. It could have been run play. Could have been a. a I mean, you look at the D, the team you're playing. They're more of a running team. They're not trying to beat you with the pass. They're trying to beat you with the run. I. Well, and I got to say, I have to put that one on Sutton in my own personal opinion because I didn't see anybody trying to adjust alignment. None of the linebackers were trying to scoot them around or anything like that. So, to me, it seems like everybody was on the same page with what that call was supposed to be. Uh, it just seems like it's a terrible call. But player execution was an issue, too. Uh, lack of tackling again. Uh, Dan Sorensen blew at least four coverages that I wrote down, and I am sick to death. He and Bob Sutton can share a bus on the way out of town, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you've been on that train for a long time. Well, welcome back. I was trying to ease off of it, but... Good Lord, this is embarrassing. And this is the point where, you know, having covered this team for what, going on five years, uh, having lived in town for such a long time, I, I don't usually show a fan side, but I do root for this team. 
And it's embarrassing to see them do this over and over and over. And, and I'd love to say it's going to change, folks. Um, I have a couple of ideas of things that will help. But at the end of the day, Andy Reid runs a finesse football team. That just doesn't win in the playoffs. Yes, you, everyone's going to say the Patriots, they're a finesse team too. Yes, they are, but they're grittier. And I, and I think their coach is grittier. I think Andy likes to get out to a lead and think he's got it wrapped up and take his foot off the, the gas. I, I think that spills over into every facet of this football team, and I think it's got the one thing that maybe will never be corrected. Well, and I can't argue with that because you look at what happened in this game, and that is exactly what the problem was. They took their foot off the gas, and, and I understand, you know, you look at the way that second half started. They allow them to go on, what, an eight-minute drive, eight-and-a-half-minute drive, um, that's really difficult for a team to uh, feel good about. But at the same time, they were they had all the momentum in that game. They should have been able to, you know, just make a couple of first downs, give your defense a little bit of a rest. And I think that second half goes completely differently. But expecting them to go, be able to go out there and stop them after you go three and out is it's not gonna it's not gonna work. I don't care who the other offense is. Yeah, especially, and I have to agree. Especially one that's going to pound the rock. Yeah, and and here's the thing. You're a team going in the third quarter. Yes, they come out uh, and you – defense struggled and let them score on that long drive. Okay, you're still up 21-10. And you come out, and the first thing you do is throw a pass over uh, Albert Wilson's head, which is a problem for Smith. I have to blame him on that. You get nine yards on your second down, and then in third, you you pull that harebrained third and one call like we said, but then you get the ball right back, you come right back out, and you run the ball once. When you have an 11-point lead, control of the ball, and all you have to do is eat clock. It's ridiculous. And I'll, and I'll, start compl- I'll stop complaining now. Uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> Some some things that I that I like. I think, I don't believe you want to, but I don't I don't think you will. I have I'm to ask this. Do you think it was targeting on Travis Kelsey? I I didn't rewatch the play uh, in in slow mo or anything. It it didn't really look like it to me. Um, just on initial look, I'll take a, a different angle on the all twenty two when I look at it. But I don't know. It's certainly within the realm of possibility. I think things were in the gray area a lot yesterday, but I don't know that I'm prepared to go there. Well, my my big problem with it was he was pretty much already on the ground when the guy went at his head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, that's a problem. But, you know, it, it never should have mattered. I agree with that completely. Uh, you should be able to come overcome that. Uh, honestly, I'm more concerned about Kelsey long-term than uh, anything else because that's his second concussion in three months. Yeah, I, and I think that's a legitimate concern. And here's the other thing. And he really grew this year. I, I, in terms of his we'll, maturity? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Here's the bigger thing, though, is um, Orson Charles with a drop that I'm, I'm really just baffled at. Um, I thought he was making good progress, but Travis Kelsey goes out of that offense and the whole thing slows down. That can't happen. Demetrius Harris cannot be your backup tight end in 2018. That's all there is to it. 
You have and to I find. Thought he, I thought he, Harris played well in, in Kelsey's absence, but you're right. I mean, that's something you can't allow your offense to go into that kind of. Um, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, panic mode, almost. Well, and that's the thing that takes me back. And last thing I'll say overall about what I saw there is, is they just looked soft. You lost a key guy on offense and a key guy on defense. I understand that. But when you lost them both, you had a large lead. You have to step up and you have to finish that game out. You can't just put your head down because two of the the guys that you rely on have left the game. At that point, you should be able to coast and maintain that game. That's a problem. It's it's no killer instinct. It's not being able to follow through. Uh, and they've got to get a, a large change to get some more aggressive alpha-type males in that locker room, in my opinion. I don't disagree with that, but I will say um, it's strangely reminiscent. It was strangely reminiscent to me of the Colts loss in yeah. uh, Andy Reid's first year. Um, you know, and so, you where are we gone in five years if if that's the same result? No, I, that's a fair point. Um, although I will say there's a lot to be excited about moving towards the future. Headed into next season, uh, you can do a lot with the extra money that you're going to have with letting Alex Smith go because uh, I think that's still a foregone conclusion. Uh, he's going to get traded somewhere, but I agree. Um, well, we'll begin looking at scenarios as this team breaks down uh, and and shuffles out for the offseason. Uh, plenty of stuff coming. I, my schedule is going to be a little off this week. Chris will be handling a lot of the show by himself, so uh, go easy on him if you all will, please. Uh, yeah, we'll go, go easy on the on the audio quality. I'm gonna do my best, but I'm not Ryan. So. <laughs> uh, but you know, when I get back, uh, we'll start it in the off season um, in, in earnest. Um, I want to go through the depth charts and that kind of thing, like we did after last season as well. Um, but we have some new wrinkles coming for you, so please, uh, just because your team let you down, enjoy the playoffs uh, and keep it here. We will have information with you every week, all off season. Uh, we'll start looking at the draft next week. Uh, Got to ask you a couple of quick questions. I know you want to get off, and that's fine. But um, do you think Derek Johnson's back? I don't, unless he takes a huge cut, which yep. he may be willing to. Do you think Tom Bahali's back? Not at all. Right, Alex Smith. I do not. Daryl Revis. Maybe. Not um, at that I, number, I, though. No, not anywhere near that number. Um, I know Trez had kind of an interesting idea, and as a Jayhawk, I can't really. Yeah, to lead. Yeah, yeah. He, he threw that out, and yeah, as a Jayhawk, it'd be nice to have somebody come kind of come home. Um, it's just like to like the last that, Jayhawk that I claim. <laughs> he's definitely that alpha male type that you are talking about. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. And he's at a position where they need somebody. I, I, I like Stephen Nelson where he's at. I think he's a great slot guy. Um, putting him up against taller, bigger, faster receivers on the outside, I don't, I don't like. So I don't see him taking number two. They don't have a number two. And I'm not sure Revis is the answer. I'm not sure if his contract will be the answer. Uh, what about uh, Dustin Colquitt? I think it's likely he's gone. Yep. Uh, what about um, Albert Wilson? I think that's the big question mark. Does anyone else in this league value him as much as the Chiefs do? I think his market's going to be the determining factor. I think they'd like to have him back at a salary they can afford in, in the two to three per year range. I, I, um, I guarantee you he is wanting back that last pass from Alex Smith late in the game. Which Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
he short armed. Um, that ball was was there in my opinion, and he short armed it, uh, which is basically his mo uh, and what he hasn't done this season because he hasn't been asked to do those type of plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, last guy, yeah, and you're gonna hate. Well, actually, I got two more. Anthony Sherman. I think he could be a cap casualty. Um, just I like what they did, but they didn't use him again. Right. You know, you know. It, if if you're what? this hard up for a single yard, put your fullback in because Sherman got you two and a half yards in a cloud of dust on every carry against the Denver Broncos. And I so, almost wonder, I almost wonder if it's not worth considering um, putting Ware at fullback next year if they if they decide to move on from Sherman. Ware came to Kansas City as a fullback. I think he could play fullback enough uh, for what they need. For the volume of snaps that they give the fullback, yeah, that's probably true. I, I think he's too slight for the position in general. Um, but certainly you can do something with both a Spencer Ware and a Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Uh, I love that for passing options. So, yeah, that could definitely happen. And that's uh, our lightning Zach round. <laughs> Zach, Fulton? Yeah, Zach Fulton. Zach Fulton's going to get a contract from somebody. I, I don't think he comes back. Uh, okay, you think it's going to be too expensive to bring him back? Yeah, a grinded out power scheme uh, blocking team is going to love him uh, as they should. That's that's what he's good at. Um, and right. I think somebody's going to give him a contract. That's it for uh, Bob Sutton. Hopefully, he's gone. Um, whether Andy will actually do that or not, I really don't have any way to know. Um, the only guy who knows that is Andy Reid, um, but not just the guy that I that I would love to see here. But there are another uh, a number of other options out there. Um, and what we've seen is this defense. Think about it this way: whether you think Bob Sutton's done a bad job or not, even if he hasn't, this defense isn't going to get any better with him next season. Yep, Dave Tobe. I think he's back. Matt Nagy. I think he's back. Okay, there's your lightning round. Yeah, rock and roll. All right, folks, thank you for listening today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.